Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. Welcome back to season three of Defining Boundaries. So you may hear a few clicks behind me. I'm recording in my office in the city with my five clocks ticking away of my different time zones for my students. So anyway, uh, well, we've made it to two years of podcasting and talking to some amazing people across the world. I want to thank everybody who has listened or been a guest or shared uh, my podcast over the past two years. I have met and made some great friends who I now consider family. I've had the privilege of joining the Geoholics, speak at conferences and spread the word of surveying and the endless possibilities our profession can take us. If we all tell our stories, we can build our profession and leave a legacy for many years to come. This season kicks off with some short interviews from some amazing leaders from Trimble Dimensions in Las Vegas. I will be releasing five short interviews well worth the listen over the next week. Hi, welcome to Defining Boundaries. Uh, My name is Peter and today I have with me Jason Evans. Jason is from Trimble Positioning Services, is a portfolio manager. Yes, that's right. I had to do a little bit of Googling to try and find exactly sort of where you sat within Trimble and, and what you did. So Jason, you're a surveyor. Yes. Your background in surveying. Where are you from? So originally I'm from, from New York. From New York? Yes. So you've pretty much been in New York the whole time? Yeah, most of my surveying experience was in New mm-hmm. England in general. Um, a lot of which was in New York, but all the way up through Maine, um, all the way down as far south as, uh, as Maryland. Right, yeah. okay. So um, how did you get into surveying? Um, so actually, I used to work for a defense contractor, oh, okay. and um, they had a, a series of layoffs, and um, so they gave us all uh, really nice severance packages, and I decided I wanted to get into some different uh, field of study where I wouldn't have to sit behind a, a desk yep. all day long. Yeah. And how did that work out that you, like, did you know about surveying beforehand? Or, like, so no, 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 not really, you know, so I, um, so I was trying to figure out what to do, you know, at this point in my yeah. life, I was, I was a pretty young guy at the time still, um, and I, uh, I, I happened to be reading a copy of Adirondack Life, and they were talking about the New York State Ranger School, which is yes, uh, part I've of Yes, I've heard the, of that. Yeah, it's part mm-hmm. of uh, SUNY ESF. And, uh, and they had a surveying program. And of course, um, you know, I'd always done well with mathematics and, and sciences like yes. that uh, back yeah. in school. And so it sounded like a, a great, great opportunity. And I figured I'll never have to be sitting at a, at a desk again inside a cubicle. Nice. So you went through that ranger school thing. Yes. And does that give you a like a technical qualification or what, how does how does that work? Yeah, you do. You, you, it, assuming you graduate, you get a you get an associate's degree in um, oh. applied science uh, with mm-hmm. surveying technology. It's an ABET accredited school. Okay. Um, yep. And so that was actually my second degree because it was my second career at that point in time. What was your first? Um, so my first degree, oddly enough, was in paramedicine. So. Uh, oh wow. Was, yeah, it was, it was very different. Very different. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, but uh, I had ended up in the computer field, um, and that's how I got to work for that one defense contractor. That you know, once their once their programs ended, they they laid off a bunch of people who were working on the program. Yeah. So it gave me the opportunity to really look and, and say, okay, well, what do I want to do with my life? And where do I want to go? It, it's it's pretty good that you had that chance um, after having one sort of career to be able to go, okay, what's out there? Yeah. And what yeah. can I choose? And, okay, so 
are you happy with the choice that you made? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wouldn't go back again. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm you know, not working for uh, the, the defense industry or something like that now. And I've had uh, a lot of experiences because of uh, my surveying background. And it's taken me a lot of places. Yep. Um, been all over the world, uh, you know, surveyed all over the Northeast and, um, you know, was able to uh, to get licensed in New York State after a number of years of surveying. So, all good. So, when you finished your education and you work for private surveyors I did. in New York? Yeah. So, so once I finished, um, I actually went to work for uh, a man named Lynn Pullis, um, who was one of the... Um, oldest surveyors in the area. We mm -hmm. had surveyed the longest in the area. Right. Um, and it was really an interesting experience because I, he, he was just so knowledgeable about surveying. And I learned so much from, from Lynn. And um, it was funny because as I, as I transitioned into um, you know, working for other employers and stuff like that, I almost never worked for someone else that hadn't worked for Lynn at some oh, point. Oh, really? Time. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> how that long, funny? that's how long he had been around. So, um, yeah, so that was really a pretty neat experience. Um, and, you know, so Lynn specialized in boundary surveys and uh -huh, things like yeah. that. Um, but he was, he was semi-retired at the time and, and wasn't interested, uh, you know, in... in having full-time work week and so I was looking for full-time work yeah, of, course, of course uh you know fresh out of college or whatnot yeah. and um and so I went to work for a civil engineering and uh, uh firm. Mm, okay and how long did you have to work for before you got licensed so officially yeah, actually, before you answer that yeah it says that you're registered and licensed yeah that What's just means that I can actually go out and do work so when you when oh, you get okay. licensed you you get a license for life but if you don't maintain registration, then you effectively cannot go out and gotcha. use that license. Ah, okay. Yeah. So it's just a subtle, subtle difference. You Is just that pay more just money. in um, New York's I don't, state? I don't or? know. I mm, think most okay. states have a similar situation. Okay, all right, cool. Um, yeah. Okay. So. Um, gosh, what was my question again? Um, oh, so how long yes. do you have to survey That's after right. school? Yes. So New York State um, at the time was set to um, eight years total. So uh -huh. if you went out and, and just simply did uh, boundary surveying for eight years of your life, you would qualify to go and sit for the test. Mm -hmm. um, with a two-year degree, you would only need the balance of that. So you would take another six years of boundary surveying uh, experience in order to be able to get your, your right. degree. And of course, okay. four years and four years if you had a four-year yeah. degree. Um, so for me, it took uh, a lot longer because I, I wasn't, um, you know, full-time doing boundary survey. I was mm -hmm. doing a lot of design survey, right, yeah. um, uh, quite a bit of stakeout and things like that. So I think I waited like 12 years or something like that oh. after after my degree. <laughs> so what year did you get actually get um, 2020, I think it was. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Okay, so, not long ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And... Well, that was mainly because I finally just took the time to sit down and <laughs> fill out the forms. Right? Oh, really? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, to be fair. Any tests or anything? Yeah, you do. You go through like 18 hours of testing. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, there's um, the uh, professional, uh, or sorry, the, the practical standards as well as um, the, the FS exam um, as well as the state-specific exam. Yeah. So you have to go through the, the fundamentals the, of surveying, uh, principles and practices of surveying, and then the state-specific yeah. exam. Yeah, yeah. I'm learning all of this stuff. <laughs> At least that's how I'm, it is. I'm getting, I'm getting there, and it's finding out different states doing different things. Yes. And, and so you were talking about the time frame. You don't have to have a qualification in New York, or you do to get licensed. So. At the time, that's how it was set right, up. Was okay. years. Now, New York, my understanding is that New York is now moving towards a degree requirement. We do, uh, I think there is a certain cutoff where you will yeah. have to have a degree. In order yeah, to okay, interesting. Yeah. It's it's a big conversation at the moment on... 
education odd. and licensing and registration yeah. and all that kind I, of stuff. I, I definitely I support the education side of it. Yep. Um, you know, there's you definitely you learn a lot at, yeah. at school. It's it's a great opportunity. Um, typically, the, the professors there are, are experts in, in their particular field, so mm. you do get to learn a lot. The, the downside, of course, is, is that you're making it harder for someone to become a surveyor, and there's exactly. already a limited number of surveyors. I know. So. Skills shortage. Yes. <laughs> so do you think that four year should happen? Because there's talk about two years, you know, having a two year and then doing that. I think oh, it would depend on the program. Yeah. You know, um, the, the ranger school program itself is, is pretty immersive. You know, you're really, you're spending a lot of time in the field. You're spending a lot of time in the classroom every day. It's mm. pretty rigorous to go through it. Um, if it was a standard two-year school, like a standard community college or something like that, maybe it would, you'd, you'd need a little bit more yeah, you know, after okay. you get done. Yeah, right. Um, so, how long have you been with Trimble for? So, I'm coming up on four years with Trimble. Okay. So, when I started with Trimble, I was over in the Precision Tools Division, um, working with some of the more um, building and vertical type uh, type product lines. Okay. Um, and then I transferred into the advanced position. Yeah. What made you go from being a surveyor and moving over to work for Trimble? Um, so actually, I, I started, before I came to work for Trimble, I started working for, for a competitive company of Trimble. Okay. And the, the way that I got there was one of my former colleagues from when I was surveying um, harassed me you know, pretty much daily until I agreed to sit for an interview with that company <laughs> okay, and go to work yes, for them. Right. Um, so I, I parted ways with that company and, uh, and you know, got a job for Trimble. And, haven't looked back. Yeah. So. so what is it in your position? What did I say you were a portfolio manager? Yes. So what I manage that? multiple products. Um, so I, I work with the real-time correction products like Trimble RTX and Trimble VRS now. Mm -hmm. uh, I noticed that you write a lot of articles. Yes. Yeah. In so my Googling. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, when I get free time, I, I do like to um, kind of write thought leadership pieces, you know, something to challenge. Um, you know, those kind of indoctrinated uh, workflows that people kind of get stuck on mm. and, they, and they don't think about all the other tools that are available to them. And so that's the type of writing that I like to do is to say, you know, have you, have you actually looked at the accuracy results you get from an Opus solution, you know, versus uh, taking a measurement from a real-time network or taking a measurement from a Trimble RTX solution? Right, okay. Because, yeah, one of them that I did see was um, something about... Uh, what was it called? It was um, something about not using base stations. Yeah, so, so that was. Kind I'm of going the argument. back to read yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of your articles because I find it very interesting. Um, and I've just started a surveying academy in Australia where um, all of this type of information is really useful for my students and stuff. So I'm going to be going back and doing a heap of reading and yeah. and stuff. And so yeah, tell me about that. Well, so. So it's, it's not so much don't use base stations. What I really want to get across is to not always use base stations. Okay. You know, so when, when you look at the workflows of a differential RTK solution, you, it has some pretty known qualities, some, some really high accuracy and things along those lines. Yeah. But there's some challenges that go along with that as well. You know, uh, when you're talking longer baselines, you're, you're accumulating error. You're talking about complexity of those systems where you have radios and things like that that in some countries you might have to license mm -hmm. um, or some areas of the country you might have to license. So, yeah. you know, it's not to say that you shouldn't use base stations. They're, they're a terrific tool. Mm. And differential RTK GNSS is, is um, you know, some of the best results out there. Yeah. But if you find yourself in one state and you suddenly have a job that comes up in another state, 
um, you know, and you, you don't have time to get the license for the frequency that you're broadcasting on from your base, you might have to think about that. You might have to realize that maybe you should look into, is there an available real-time network? Yeah. Or is there a real-time correction product like Trimble RTX that maybe I should use instead because I've just got this one job out here and obviously this job will, will pay for that solution. Yeah. So, so that's really where I was trying to get to with, with that particular Yeah, argument. okay. Yeah, cool. So as, as your position of what you do and what you're looking after, what, what, is, what does a day look like for you at work? Oh, you know, lots of lots of meetings, lots of discussion, <laughs> lots of planning, figuring out where we're going, um, you know, dealing with, um, you know, obviously the, all the internal uh, computer systems and things that make a company run, you know, you, <laughs> have to, you have to make sure you have parts that people can order and that you have systems that people can log into and, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So I, I spend a lot of time with that. Um, you know, we look at uh, where the technology is, where we want it to go, what the future looks like, um, you know, the, the sorts of... Um, results that we're getting out there. Mm -hmm. So are we getting uh, support complaints or anything along those lines? So I, I work with a, a multitude of teams on, on each one of those different aspects. Right. And do you work with any of the any of your clients or mainly just internal with the team? We certainly talk with them, yeah. Trimble does a terrific job with something that Trimble calls voice of the customer. Okay. We're, we're constantly speaking with our dealers, with the consumers of the products to, to get feedback and mm -hmm. figure out, you know, where does the next generation need to go or is there a rough edge on this product that, that really needs to get uh, smooth. Mm. What made you go from being a surveyor out in the field? <laughs> Um, to coming to work for companies like this. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was pretty neat because it did give me a chance to work with some technologies that I hadn't been able right. to work, you know, with yeah, as a okay. surveyor. So, um, you know, we, we had GNSS, we had optical robotic total stations, mm -hmm. you know, in some cases and things like that. But we didn't, um, my, the particular firms that I worked for, you know, we didn't have uh, laser scanning. We didn't have drones at that point in time. And so, mm -hmm. so really, it was um, kind of an exciting technological challenge to go and you know be able to work with all these technologies at the manufacturer level, and also help train people to use them, and you know help evangelize about those products and educate people about those products so that they could be more productive, and you know try to base what I had learned out in my time in the field, you know, uh, uh, you know. With, with that information that I was yeah. sharing. Yeah, and I guess um, being in that kind of position, having that field experience really plays into the job that you're doing now. Yeah, because yeah. I think you have to be out there. You have to solve some problems on your own, yeah. right? You have to encounter some problems and, and figure out what problem needs to be solved so that you can really appreciate it. Yeah. So the, the team and stuff that you work for, I mean, I would expect that they're not all surveyors. No, certainly not. I mean, yeah. there's, there's engineers, there's yeah. folks from, from marketing communications. Yeah, there's a whole gamut of folks that I interact yeah. with uh, on a daily basis. Yeah, and so they all kind of bring their own little uh, own little bit to the to the party, so to speak, to, yes. to make it all work properly. Yep. Yeah, of course. It's, um, I, I just, I think it's, I actually think I'm, oh, what's the word? I'm a little bit surprised. It's such a late time in your career to, to do the change but then come into the technology side. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah when, when you chose to be outside. <laughs> so, to, to share an anecdote, I, I mentioned a, an old surveyor named Lynn Pullis. Um, Lynn has, uh, has uh, passed away, you know, since, since then. This was quite some time ago, oh, obviously, okay. and, and Lynn was, um, yeah. you know, getting up there in Asia. And I remember one time he expressed to me that one of his greatest frustrations was that he couldn't uh, make a business case for buying uh, a new GNSS system because he wanted to retire. And he knew that he wasn't going to be able to, you know, make that system pay for itself in, yeah. in the couple of years of part-time work yeah. he was willing to commit to. 
And, um, and I just remember uh, Lynn being so curious, uh, uh, still, that late in his career, about right. everything, about yes. the technology, about the law, about you know, what was going on with surveyors and, and the politics and, you know, and what was happening at the professional society and everything. Mm. And, I, and I just remember thinking that that was so impressive that through an entire career of surveying that he maintained curiosity about everything that he was that. still doing. And, and so that really kind of stuck with me. And so I've always tried to maintain some level of curiosity about yeah. the things that we've been working with. It's, it, it is funny you say that because back home in Australia, um, we have that very diverse age group of surveyors and we have a lot of the, the older getting close to retiring sort of thing. And, and it's funny to see the ones that have taken on that technology and grown their business and brought all of these things in. And then you've got the others who still have a decent business, but they're still using, well, they're just using a robotic, yeah. you know, sort of thing. And, and, and they don't want the GNSS equipment. They don't want the scanning. They don't want any of that kind of stuff. And they're like, no, no, don't want it. Don't want to go near it. I'll just keep doing, you know, my land strata, type of type of work yeah. that um, they've kind of pigeonholed them or they've got their little niche but I mean it's working for them oh, but sure. then I kind of think of all these poor people that are working for them are missing out on all this technology as well because yeah. the technology we have is just amazing absolutely yeah and, and changing every day and changing the, the way that you might approach your work yeah uh, changing the amount of profitability that you might have yeah. and certainly the productivity that you would have um, so yeah it's it's something where I think you really you have to stay tuned in yep. and you, you have to learn about these technologies. Yeah. You have to consider them and, and figure out where does it fit in your business mm. and in your workflows. Um, could you, for instance, could you take on laser scanning? Maybe that's a new technology that would provide you new customers yep. um, you know, and, and go after that stuff. Yeah. Do, do you work, like when you work with your customers and stuff, um, is it mainly problems they've got or things that they want to be able to have. Oh no! I mean, sometimes sure, it's you know, it's someone encountering a problem or an issue, but it's it's also the success stories. I mean, yeah. we love hearing. Um, you know, there there was a great article about the Hoover Dam recently in the mm -hmm. American Surveyor. You know, we love hearing about these stories of people using these technologies, and we of course, you know, we get in touch with them and we talk to them about it and Brilliant. find out how things went so we get feedback. Yeah. You know? Not always just the bad feedback of hey something went wrong, but also the good feedback of how they found success with that product. Mm. So so those are all important to us. That, that kind of um, gives you that the happy feels, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Knowing that that uh, the software or the the equipment is is doing some really fantastic projects out there. Yeah, and let's not forget, you have a whole gamut of products that every day folks are out there, they're making money with these products, they're yeah. being productive with these products, you know, they're driving their businesses with these products. Yeah, so. yeah. What's your favorite part of what you do? Probably just, you know, influencing the technology and, you know, trying to push things to figure out what the next generation looks like, um, mm. looking into what the, you know, what factors are limiting us from, from getting there. Um, you know, that's always fun. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, that's probably about it for me. Okay. Thank you so much for taking the time yeah, to have a chat. Me. It's been lovely to meet you and um, I've been loving speaking to these people in the different areas of Trimble who've got all these different bits to the, bring it all together and, and the enthusiasm and the love and for, for the industry. And I, and I know it's not just the vein, so there's a lot more to, as we get to Trimble, the, the things that they do and the industries that they're involved in. So do you see those other sides? 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I kind of straddle business areas. So yeah, I, okay. I get to you know spend a lot of time with the construction, a lot of time with the geospatial. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talk about uh, on-road, off-road autonomy. I mean, yeah, there's there's quite a bit that we get to take part in. Um, so you get a really good width and breadth of, of customers yeah. and their needs and, and the things, the problems that we're trying to solve. Awesome. Yeah. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It was thank nice you to meet much. you. You too. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox.